Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Wonderful. Good morning. I didn't hear you. Good morning. Wonderful to be in the house. Why don't you take your seats? It's a great honor to be here. Such a joy for Pastor Sally and I. I want to thank Pastor Corey and Simone for the, uh, the privilege to be here and to be speaking into the life of the church in such a time as this, which is an awesome time, time of great outpouring for you. And uh, what God is doing here, He's doing in so many places. And uh, it's just exciting to be a part of that. And uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Every pulpit is a privilege. It doesn't matter where it is in the nations of the world. It doesn't matter what size the congregation, what, whatever God is doing. Every single pulpit is a privilege. But this pulpit in this house has got to be one of the greatest privileges in my life to be able to speak through. And so it is an incredible honor to be with you. Um, and I just, I just love the, the history uh, of the church. If you think back, almost 100 years, you'll be celebrating 100 years in just a few years' time. And uh, what an incredible heritage for you as a people of God for this time, to be part of what God has been building over all of that season where so many souls have been saved, so many lives, transformed, so many ministries birthed, so many dreams fulfilled, communities changed, churches planted, campuses established. And uh, the wonderful thing is that all of the heritage and all of the history uh, is just coming together for the momentum of what God is doing right now. And uh, in the, then the last week, I was reminded of a, uh, a, a picture that God gave me last time I spoke, which was through Zoom uh, because of glorious lockdown. Isn't it wonderful to have survived lockdown? Come on, I was in Tasmania just a couple of weeks ago and uh, somebody tried to tell me about, oh, it was so hard over here in lockdown. It just upset so many things. I felt like, you have no idea about lockdown. We're from Melbourne, the lockdown capital of the world. But we survived. We were like blind people who came out after the lockdowns, dazed by the sunlight. But it's incredible that what God started back then is now in place. And God reminded me of a, a vision that came through lockdown, particularly for Numa Church, of a, of a bow and arrow and of a, an archer about to release the arrow. And spoke to me about the most critical time when you're shooting an arrow is right just before it's released. Because it's then that the, the most pressure is experienced. It's right back then that there is a lot of tension going on. And what COVID was for so many of us, and so many particularly for those in church leadership, was a time of incredible turmoil, incredible tension. But God was speaking to me about that time, particularly for Pastor Corey and Simone, but, but leaders around the nations, that that tension required great wisdom. And what God was doing was strengthening leadership with anointing and wisdom so that in that moment of tension, they wouldn't be wavering, they wouldn't be losing, Using their grip, but they would be able to hold firm, waiting for the timing of God. And then when the timing of God came, the arrow would fly strong and true. But the Spirit pointed out to me that the arrow cannot fly on its own. 
An arrow on its own is just a stick of wood with a few feathers stuck on it. But when it is released through the right hands and with the momentum of the bow behind it, it actually enters into a new dimension where it's no longer bound by gravity but can fly. And God spoke to me about the season that was coming, that it would be a season of the supernatural. It will be a season, yes, that is ushered in by anointed, obedient, courageous, faith-filled leadership and people like you who are able to grab hold of what God is doing. But it will be marked by the supernatural, by signs and by wonders, what only God can do. And that's why I'm so excited hearing the stories of revival, hearing the stories of encounter, hearing the stories of outpouring pouring that God is bringing to this house, but houses literally around the world. We are part of a remarkable season of the kingdom of God on planet earth. Can you say amen to that? God is doing something fresh and something powerful. But what God reminded me in that vision just in these last few days was that we must not allow it to remain just in the house. It comes through the house it comes through anointed, obedient, faith-filled, courageous leadership, and it touches us, the church, but it must never remain locked in the house. God's purpose is that He touches you and I, revives you and I, so we can go out of those doors and we can share what God has done in the house with those outside the house. And I want to encourage you. You might say, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not apostolic, I'm not a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, and whatever. But can, friends, can I tell you, we may not be all of those things, but we are all witnesses. We are all able to give testimony to what God is doing in the house and to what God has done in your life and in my life. And I love where the New Testament says in the early church, it was scattered through persecution. But that scattering didn't diminish what God was doing. That scattering actually multiplied what God was doing. The Bible says all those that were scattered went everywhere telling the good news of the gospel. So I want to encourage you. That word of the Holy Spirit was, hey, every one of us can take hold of what God is doing and in our own way, our own time, our own place, our own anointing, tell people what God is doing. So Father, my prayer this morning is that, Lord, you would encourage each and every man, woman, and child through your word by the Spirit. Thank you for the anointing that is upon this house. Lord, thank you for the history and the heritage, but thank you for the present day and thank you for the days that are coming. Lord, we already see the momentum building. We already taste what you are wanting to do in greater measure. And pray, Father, this morning that God, by your word, you would cause faith to rise, that every one of us can be a part of what you have planned from the beginning of time for such a time as this. I thank you for it, Father. Amen and amen. Well, I've got a, um, a very simple message for you this morning. In fact, it's so simple, I'm going to need you to help me preach it this morning. And my title is it's actually a message that may seem a bit strange in a time of outpouring, in a time where God is doing so many great things in the moment. But this is a message to encourage any one of us that are here this morning, and every one of us will find ourselves in this situation at some stage or another. But it's a message for those that you haven't received your breakthrough yet. 
that you may be doing everything right, you may be keeping a, an attitude of faith, you may be doing all that you know to do, but for some reason, you've not received your miracle yet. And the title is very, very simple. Just keep turning up. Just keep turning up. Now, I need you to help me preach. I caused division in the first service this morning at nine. I'm going to cause division again. I'm going to split you in half. You'll know what half you're on, but I need you to actually help me preach this phrase as I'm preaching through the message. So here it is. As I just say, just, you've got to jump in with keep turning up. We're going to practice this half first. Are you ready? Just That was pretty good, but you can do better. Just Okay, over on this side. Just Just All together. Just Well done. It's an incredibly important truth because the reality is the world has gone soft on turning up. The philosophy and the spirit of the world is that if it's getting too hard, just walk away. If it's not meeting your needs, just walk away. If you're not feeling like you're being honored, you're being respected, you're being appreciated for who you are, just walk away. But the reality is today that God calls us, you and I, His people, not to walk away, not to give up, but we are called to be people of faith, to be people of perseverance, to be people who keep on. Oh, that was a bit slow. To keep on. (laughs) To keep on turning up when it seems like everyone else is walking away. When nothing seems to be lining up with the promise, with the word that's placed in your heart, we've just got to keep. When the symptoms in our body keeps raging, but we've come forward for prayer, we've just got to keep. When we haven't seen the breakthrough in our families, in our relationships, when that marriage is is still hard to go home, we've just got to keep. When everybody else is walking away, We've just got to keep, keep turning up. You see, the truth is that's the one thing that we can control. We cannot control God. We're not in control of His timing. We're not in control of His methods. We cannot prescribe to God, but we can position ourselves for His time and for His answer when it comes. Luke chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 5. It says this, In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But, everyone say but. But. They were childless. Because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Now, press pause for a moment. Can I just encourage you today, if you are in that place where you are still waiting for your breakthrough, please do not listen to the enemy's lies. These people were blameless. These people had a great heritage. These people were doing everything right. And yet they still hadn't received what they 
desired more than anything else. The enemy would come so many times and try and whisper to you saying, the reason you haven't had your breakthrough, the reason you haven't been granted what God wants to give you, what God has said he will give you, is because you're the problem. Maybe you're not worthy enough. Maybe you haven't been praying enough. Maybe you this, maybe you that. Please, please, please don't believe the condemning lies of the enemy that you don't deserve your breakthrough. We only get our breakthrough because of the goodness of God. And if there is a problem, how many people know God will tell you? But don't listen to the enemy. And don't look at your circumstances and let your circumstances tell you where your faith should lie. If you look at the circumstances here, everything was against them. Everything. Month after month, year after year, no baby, no baby, no baby, no baby. Once they were old, now they're very old. I like that distinction. I'm happy to say I'm old, but I ain't very old yet. But they were very old. Their circumstance was screaming, no, no, no. Friends, our faith must never be determined on the basis of our circumstances, but on the Word of God and on the character of God. Don't look at your circumstances. Look to the faithfulness of God and God Himself. Once when Zacharias, the vision was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Aren't you glad you're part of a praying fellowship? Aren't you glad you're part of a house that honors prayer? Aren't you glad that you're not in isolation? But when you have a need, there are others that can be praying around about you. Oh, I want to tell you, if you're waiting for your breakthrough, never isolate yourself. Keep plugged in. Be part of a family that is praying and knows how to intercede like you know how to intercede in this house. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you want to call him John. And we know that it was John the Baptist marked by God to usher in Jesus. Isn't it incredible that sometimes you have to wait the longest for the greatest? Isn't it incredible that the ones who were chosen by God to parent John the Baptist had to wait all of those years? I'm telling you, sometimes we think we're waiting because we made a mistake, but I'm telling you, sometimes we're waiting because the promise is so big, God needs to prepare us at another level for that. What I love about this story is the fact that Zachariah, when he got up that morning and when he went to serve in the temple, he had no idea of what was about to happen. He just got up, got dressed, did his normal routine. If he was keeping a diary, there was probably no entry on the diary except I'm on temple duty. That was it. But I believe at the same time, if there's a diary in heaven with his name on it, there would have been a big cross marked on that day that that was the day that God was going to say, release the angel. 
Because God has those sovereign moments and we've got to make sure that we are just positioning ourselves ready for that. But we have to understand that God is the kind of God who refuses to be put in boxes. God is the kind of God who says, we can make our requests, but God says, no, no, I reserve the timing. I reserve the nature. I reserve when and how I will bring the breakthrough that I have promised. He's a God of surprises. Think about it. All the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can see examples of it. I won't go far into it today. But think about, think about just with Jesus coming. Think about Mary. She's just a young Jewish girl who loves God with all her heart. As a young religious Jewish girl, she would have been praying for years for the coming of the Messiah, believing, watching for the signs of the coming of the Messiah as every Jewish believer was. And yet suddenly God answers her prayer, but in a very unexpected way. Hello, she's a single godly young girl and the angel pops up and says, hey, good news, Mary, you're chosen. You will carry the Messiah. You're gonna become pregnant. A little bit out of the box. A little bit unexpected, I'm sure. And it goes on and on. Think about the ministry of Jesus himself. So many times when he healed, he healed with people completely unexpecting what was going to happen. Think about the man born lame, 38 years. Bible tells us that he would come to the pool of Siloam and he wanted to get into the pool first, but he couldn't because he had no man to help him. Now, don't tell me he wasn't a praying man. I don't know about his level of faith, but I guarantee you, if you'd been born lame and you'd been dragging yourself around for 38 years and you had enough faith to go to the pool, hoping that maybe today was your day, he would have been praying. Year after year saying, God, help me, God, help me. And then one day, 38 years in the perfect timing of God, Jesus rolls up and he's healed in a moment of time. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they all made their requests to God. They all prayed, but Jesus didn't come. They knew that Jesus knew. They sent a messenger to Jesus. He's sick, he's sick. You better come and heal him. You love him, come and heal him. But Jesus didn't come in their timing. Jesus came in his own perfect timing so that he would be the one to get all the glory. Sometimes God holds back so that the greater the glory can be given to him. We want the answer for us, but God is thinking from a greater perspective. Can I tell you, sometimes if we got the answer we wanted in our time, the glory wouldn't be enough for God. God holds back so that the glory will be even greater. We've got to understand we cannot prescribe, but we can position. And the reality is that we can all sit here in the 11 a.m. service on a Sunday morning here at Numa Church and go, yeah, I believe that, Pastor. I see that. That's a good biblical principle. We can accept it, but we struggle with it. If we're honest with it, this is one of the biggest struggles that we often have, that we ask of God, we hear from God, we believe in God, but we don't have the answer that we want. And it's because of the spirit of the world that we live in. The spirit of this world, common thinking is, well, you can have what you want and you can have it now. And we would like to pretend we're not affected by it, but friends, I tell you, it is so subtle, it is so real. In my life, I know I'm affected by it. I love a good coffee. I know where I can get a good coffee. And I'll often find myself making my way to my favorite coffee spot to get my best coffee that I know of in Melbourne. But here's the problem. If I go there and there's a long queue, I walk away. I just say, no way. I wasn't born to stand in queues. (laughs) I'm a child of God. I'm not a queue keeper. You walk away, even though I know that's good coffee, I'll walk down the street to a dodgy coffee place, risking a dodgy coffee. Why? Because I want my coffee now. (laughs) 
as we start to travel a little bit now, Sally and I are often sort of separated at times. And I, just recently, I was on my own, and I'm usually pretty good. I, I, I look out, I, you know, I cook fresh food and all that kind of thing, but there was no fresh food left in the fridge. And so I did something that we all may have done at different times. I, I went to the supermarket and I bought a fresh, uh, a frozen meal. Yeah, a few hands up. Most of you are looking innocent. You've done it. Come on. I didn't buy the cheap one. I bought the really expensive one because they promised I wouldn't put any weight on. They lied. They lied. But I got the frozen food home, right? And I looked on the back of the packet and it told me I had two options. The better option was, well, you preheat the oven to 200 degrees, and so you wait for the oven, and then you put the thing in, and you cook it for nine and a half minutes, then you take it out, and then you let it set for three minutes, and after all of that time, you get to eat your meal. Option one. Option two, don't put it in the oven, put it in the microwave. And if you put it in the microwave, you just need to zap it on high for four minutes, and then after four minutes, you get to sit down and eat this sloppy concoction. <laughs> well, I've got to confess to you, which option did I go for? Option two, the microwave. I knew it wouldn't be as good, but it's the spiritual world. We can laugh about that, but the reality is sometimes we let that mentality sneak into our expectancy of God. We transfer that thinking into our faith. We start thinking that if we pray long enough, loud enough, we add a little bit of fasting, I'll get my breakthrough today. (laughs) We come to the altar in faith. We get anointed. We seek out the one we think is most anointed to pray for us. If we don't get them first, we go to the other side of the altar. We get them to pray. Because we want our miracle now, in this moment. And I know God is the God of the moment. So please, please don't misunderstand me. I believe in the moments. I believe in the anointing. I believe in the glory cloud of God. I believe in a moment of time we need to have expectancy. But we cannot demand it. Started tithing last week. <laughs> Want my money this week. Started serving last month. I should be in leadership next month. <laughs> we sent out a team to plant a church last year. This year we'll have hundreds, thousands, revival. I oh, know. We can't prescribe to God. We must be faithful. We must position ourselves and then stand. Ready to keep? That was a bit passive. Keep! Keep turning up to the place of prayer. Keep turning up to the house of God. And keep turning up to the altar to pray. What I love about this says, When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. See, the truth is, long before the angel turned up, Zechariah had been praying month after month, year after year. He was praying. He was laying a foundation for that moment. Prayer is just like a foundation. Prayer is just like a runway. I've been working with a a church down in East Gippsland, which means recently I've had to travel down the Princess Highway. If you've been traveling down the Princess Highway, you will know Victoria is not the state of education. It's not the state of excitement. It's not the garden state. It is the capital state of roadworks. 
everywhere you go, there are roadworks. And they're so frustrating because I can be making good time, great time, driving, you know, good time, making time. And then all of a sudden you come around a bend and roadworks ahead. And then it's, you know, slow down to 80, slow down to 40. Apparently they're advisory. I'm not sure on the legality of it. And then you have the little sign with the fellow with the holding of things, be prepared to stop. And I hate it, it's so messy. They've been going on for months, months, months. I thought it would just be over in a month, but it's been going on all year. And it's so messy. There's mud everywhere. There's machines everywhere. There's dirt everywhere. There's gravel everywhere. And it doesn't look like they're making much progress. It's just a mess because they are building a foundation. You know, sometimes I think that's what prayer's like. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying for something, I often start off sophisticated. I got a revelation, I'm quoting scripture and everything. Oh God, thank you so much. You're gonna heal this, you're gonna do this, oh God. But when it doesn't happen, I, I slip from sophistication to desperate. And it's like that, right? It's just, it's ugly. It's just like, oh God. <laughs> like, I'm down on my knees, it's, oh God, when are you gonna do this? Oh God, I know you're gonna do it, but when are you gonna do it? It's ugly, it's unsophisticated. But we're building foundation. God's not impressed with sophistication. He's looking for foundations. He's looking for churches. He's looking for fathers. He's looking for husbands. He's looking for families that will say, God, I haven't got it yet, but I'm just going to keep to the place of prayer. Bible says your prayer has been heard. I even like that. Not your prayer has just been heard. It wasn't like the angels coming up and saying, look, I'm so sorry, the network's been down. I'm sorry, we gave the request to a trainee angel. He put it in the wrong file. We've only just got it, and so we've come straight away. No, no, he just said, your prayer has been heard. From the moment you started to pray, the angel said to Daniel, the moment you started to pray, God heard. It was registered in heaven. And I've got a word for men and women today in this place. Your prayer has been heard. You've been crying out for your children. Your prayer has been heard. You've been crying out for your business. Your prayer has been heard. You've been crying out for healing. Your prayer has been heard. It's registered in heaven. We need a revelation of the God who hears and the God who sees. COVID messed us up so badly, didn't it? Messed Sally and I up so badly we couldn't go. We suddenly wanted to, all we wanted to do was travel to churches and speak into churches and leadership and suddenly everything was shut down. Couldn't go anywhere, couldn't preach, couldn't minister. We Zoomed, Zoomed this, Zoomed that, Zoom, Zoom. We were so sick of Zoom. One thing early on that God spoke to me, he said, well, I can't go there. I can't be with them. I can't speak to them. But one thing I can do is pray for them. And so I started to gear up my prayer time, spend extra time praying. I had a, a system. I went back to the old school of a prayer list. On a Monday, I'd pray for my family. On a Tuesday, I'd pray for family and friends literally around the world. On a Wednesday, I'd pray for churches around Melbourne. I'd pray for leadership, for you, for Pastor Corey, for Simone, for the team, for your campuses, for you as a congregation and churches around about. And I've got to tell you, I would go down into my little prayer room. I got a little blankie and it's not to keep me warm, but I kneel on it because I'm getting old and that's the only way I can get back up. I would just kneel in my chair like this, go back to shut the door into my little room, have my iPad with my list and my intercede before God and call out to God. And I want to tell you, it was incredible. It was amazing. I felt so focused. It was like, oh God, this is like revival. Oh God, it was incredible for the first week. 
<laughs> and then after a week or so, I'm still crying out to God, but I haven't had an angel fly in the room. I haven't heard the audible voice of God. It's just me. Oh, God. And I'm asking myself, God, are you here? Are you listening? Is this getting through? Or is this just me being religious? God. And I started to question. And in my morning devotion earlier on, God spoke to me from Matthew chapter 6. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. There's a mystery to prayer. We pray to an unseen God. But then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I'm telling you, when that revelation hit my heart again, it wasn't hard to go back to the place of prayer. It wasn't hard to go back to an empty room because I'd had a fresh revelation. God sees me. And the moment I lift up my voice, God hears me. It's his promise. It's not about my emotions. It's not what I feel. It's the word of God that promises me God hears our prayer. God hears your prayer. And God looks and leans in when we pray. And he leans in with an expectation that we'll understand what it means to persevere in our prayer. Luke chapter 11, so I say to you the words of Jesus, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Challenge with that scripture is that we often read it in the singular event. You've just got to ask once, knock once, seek once. But actually, if you go back to the original language, it's more like that it's actually telling us to keep on asking to keep on knocking, to keep on seeking. God looks for persistence. I don't know why, apart from a work going on in us, but it's biblical. He says, no, 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 it's not just once. You've got to keep on to the place of prayer. And as we keep on turning up, God has that day marked when the answer comes and the breakthrough will come. Can you say amen? amen. We've got to keep on to the house of God, ready to serve. Not just to sit, not just to worship, but ready to serve with a heart that says, God, I I'm not just gonna come and receive, I'm not just gonna come to be blessed, but I wanna be part of the team. Whether it's here in a service, whether it's in this building, whether it's through the extended ministries of the church, whether it's just on your knees as a prayer warrior. There's gotta come a point in our lives where each and every one of us says, I wanna be used by God. And we often think, well, to be used by God means you get a platform. No, no. Who are the real heroes of the church? It's every single one of us that just starts serving somewhere. Somewhere. It may be seen or unseen. But when we serve, I want to tell you, you get the attention of heaven. I love the detail of this scripture. It just says that there he was on duty and he was serving as the priest of God. I love it because it's gone on for years and years and he hasn't got his breakthrough, but he hasn't got cynical. He hasn't got tired. He hasn't got jaded. Like, oh, here they go again. Oh, I've been doing it for so long. I think I need a rest. I don't know whether I want to do this anymore. I'll just let the young people do it now. I'll just come and get bled. No, no, that was not the heart of Zechariah. The heart of Zechariah was the heart of a servant who said, as long as I've got breath, as long as I've got strength, well, I'm just going to keep on to the house of God with a heart to serve 
And he knew that when he served, when he fulfilled his part, God was going to be able to fulfill his part. Ephesians 4, 16, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Friends, there's a job for you. There's a ministry for you. And I tell you, when we keep on turning up with a heart to serve, God leans in. It attracts heaven. It empowers the church. It keeps you happy. It keeps you healthy. But more than anything, it's part of our worship. You see, when we come to worship, when we come to serve, we're saying, God, ultimately, I'm believing you for a breakthrough, but my service is not dependent on your breakthrough in my life. We're like, we're like the ages, the old ages that, that, that would come and just say, hey, you might throw me in the fire, but I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to serve your false gods. God is able to keep me from the fire, but even if he doesn't, I won't bow down. Yeah. We're like Habakkuk who talked about the fact that, well, the fig tree won't, may not bud. There may be no grapes on the vine. The olive crops may fail. Fields produce no fruit. It may get bad. It may get worse. It may get more worse and horrible than I ever imagined. But that won't stop me worshiping God through my service in the house of God. Can I encourage you? There's a spirit in the world right now. If you've been down the street, if you've caught a plane, if you've been to another city, if you've been to another country, there are signs everywhere. Position vacant. They're calling this season globally the season of the great resignation where so many people have just said, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Some couldn't do it, but so many have said, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I've reassessed my life during covid I don't want to put all that effort in. I don't want to have to do that anymore. And they've resigned. Can I encourage you, Numa Church? Can I encourage every believer here this morning? Do not let that spirit infect your heart. Don't let that spirit ever be found in this house of God. Let's walk together. Let's work together to see God do it. And I'm telling you, as you serve him, it's amazing how he delights to bless you. Just keep on. Can we have the band turn up right now? I love we can sing that song we were singing earlier on, Stacy. So good to be back in the house with such a beautiful spirit of worship. Please don't take for granted the atmosphere that God brings into this house. Please don't take for granted your leadership. Don't take for granted your worship teams. I'm telling you, you're in a healthy place. You're in a healthy place. We've just got to to the altar to pray. James 5. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Do you know what I love about that scripture? It's definitive. It's definite. It's a promise. But did you notice there's no detail about timing? There's no detail about, yeah, 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 it's going to happen right there and then. It's going to manifest right there and then. No, 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 it just says you come. Come under the covering of the church. Come under the anointing of the church, the apostles, the elders, the leaders in the church. Come under them. Come under that covering. That's part of the, the privilege that we have. It says come and let them pray for you, but it doesn't say when you will actually see the answer. 
I've said before, I know God's doing many things in the moment, but if I'm really honest with you, most of my miracles haven't happened at the altar. Many encounters, many fillings, much, many hours spent on the floor. Some of them rolling, some of them laughing, some of them crying. I know what it is to be in the presence of God, but can I tell you, I've had many encounters, but most of my miracles have been outside. But they've come because I went first to the altar. And when they didn't come at the altar, I didn't get offended. Just kept on praising God, kept on turning up. I tell you, if we keep turning up, it's amazing how God delights to answer our prayer in His timing. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.